Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. For God so loved the world that he had warm fuzzies for it. No, that isn't going to do it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, God showed love in action by sending his son, his only son, to pay for our sin. The greatest act of love in all of history was performed by Jesus. The love he displayed was not just an emotional feeling, but a choice to sacrifice and give all he had for the world. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners about what love really is. There is no greater example of love than Jesus. If we're to follow him, we must understand the responsibility we have to love those around us. Do you fully understand the love that Christ displayed for mankind? This love is much different than how society defines it today. Accept the call Christ has placed on every Christian's life to love one another. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his message entitled, Love God, Love the Lost. We're going to be in two places initially. Uh, We're going to start in Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3, and then we'll be going to, right after Romans, we'll be headed to Matthew chapter 22, Romans chapter 3, and then Matthew 22. You know the verses by heart, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that verse is foundational. Every single person, Asia, here, Malaysia, China, South Africa, born a sinner. Scoot over to chapter 6, verse 23. 6, 23. You say, well, Pastor Mark, as you're talking to people, when you say they're a sinner, what if they say, so what? Well, is there an outcome to sin? Yes, there is. Romans 6.23. For the wages or the end result of sin is death. In other words, spiritual separation from God forever. If we don't take care of our sin problem, the wages will pay them. It's called a place called hell. But notice the rest of that verse. But the gift, you can't earn it, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now skip over to chapter 10. Romans 10, down to verse 
9. If, so in other words, there has, there's always a choice. When people are shared the gospel, they have a choice to believe or not to believe. If you confess with your mouth, confess means to say the same thing as God. I agree, I'm a sinner, I need my sins forgiven. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and notice it isn't just a head thing, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. First thing I want you to write today in Vieira and here is this. A key responsibility and privilege of every Christ follower is to make God known. Is to make God known. See, she didn't know God. No one ever introduced her. So a responsibility you have, if you're a Christ follower, watching by the internet, here in Melbourne, in Vienna, a responsibility and a great privilege is God has given every single one of you, he wants to open doors so you can introduce people to God, to him. So he will understand, they will understand who God is, who Jesus is, how this whole thing works. Well, in our Bible study today, if you'll now turn to Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is going to speak to a clueless world. Amazingly, this clueless world is religious, very religious, Jewish leadership, but they're deceived. And he doesn't want to introduce these Jewish people to God Because by and large, the Jews believed in God, but he wants to introduce the Messiah to them. Jesus wants the religious leaders to recognize who he really was. Jesus was going to make God and himself known. Now, we're going to review just a quick to get us into the right context. Look at verse 36. Teacher. Which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus simplified all the commandments into two. And it's easy for us to memorize these and understand them because all we have to do is look at the cross. Whether you're here on the Melbourne campus or up in Vera watching by the internet, you just have to see the cross. And all the commandments fall into just looking at the cross. Well, the first part of it we learned is the vertical is about man and God having a relationship. The horizontal is about man and man having a relationship. Here's how we do life. It's off of these five words, everything else falls into place. We're to love God, and we're to love people. We're to love God, and we're to love people. What people? All people. See, sometimes we only think people, Christian people, 
But it's all people, because God loves all people. But is it easy? Why? Look at the person next to you. That's why. If you're husband and wife, for sure that's why. So it, it is, well, it is simple, but it is definitely not easy. So loving others includes loving the lost. Now, look at verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, the Pharisees are the religious leaders, Jesus asked them, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? In other words, what do you think about the anointed one, the Messiah? Who's, whose son is he? See, Jesus knew these people standing before him were, well, similar to the, to the girl on the airplane. They had some knowledge, but they were confused about the Messiah. Jesus had come to love them. In a few days, he would actually go to the cross. So he says to them, what do you think about the Messiah? Like, who is he? This is very different than when Jesus stood before his disciples and he said to his disciples, who do people say, I am? This is a different question. He says, what do you think about the Messiah? Why didn't Jesus say to the Jewish people, who do you think I am? Because he already knew what they thought. He was an imposter. He wasn't the Messiah. He couldn't be. And the reason is, they didn't understand the Bible. Now, whose son is he? What's that mean? What's the Messiah's origin? The Jewish people, by and large, in those days, and it's still true today, they believed the Messiah would come. He'd be a leader. He'd be a king. He'd be a deliverer. He would bring peace to the world. He would bring this utopian world, and they would follow him. Well, notice in verse 42, he says, whose son is he? How do they reply? They say, he's the son of David. What does that mean? Just like today, when, by the way, when you go to Israel, and, and uh, what you discover in Israel is most people are not religious at all. They're Jewish because of nationality. They're not Jewish in religion. There are a few that are orthodox and so forth and really into it, but most, most of them have no comment. They're not looking for the Messiah. They're not interested in the Messiah. They just go through their daily life. But there are orthodox people who are looking for the Messiah, whether they're looking for the same Messiah that these people were 2,000 years ago, a human man. See, the Jews thought that Jesus would come. He would come in the lineage of, obviously, David. He would be a son of David. In other words, all the way down the line, many generations, thousand years later. But this human man would come, and he would deliver them. He would be their personal political savior because of his natural power. He would come, and he would actually be this man, physical man, who would deliver them. Well, look in verse 43. Jesus said to them, well, then, he's going to kind of show them that their logic is wrong. How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, in other words, it's anointed, calls this man Lord? In other words, David calls his son Lord. For he says, verse 44, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Jesus said, if David calls him Lord, 
How can he be a son? So Jesus says, well, okay, I ask you who the Messiah is. You said he's going to be a man. Watch me. You're, you're half right. He is going to be a man. You're half right. But then he's going to go back to Psalm 110, which he does in verse 44. We won't turn there this morning. And he's going to teach the whole truth. He says, you're half right. You don't have it all together, but you have half of it together. Well, which half do we have? We'll see in a moment. Here's something very important. Most Christians in our world, in America anyway, are baby Christians. They don't grow. They come on a weekend. They open their mouths and they say, feed me. Thanks for the meal. I'm out of here. I'll do my thing the rest of the week. They can't feed themselves. They can't grow spiritually. They don't grow spiritually. They make no impact. They never, ever, ever reach any potential that God has for them. They go to heaven, but they go to heaven by the skin of their teeth. And that's because they don't understand the difference between maturity and immaturity. As a mature Christian, I want you to write this second point down, because this is huge. You see, when we're learning things, I have to learn that the Bible is the only way that I'll grow. So you are getting some solid food this morning, obviously. But here's the second truth. Knowing the Bible involves unlearning previous error and misconceptions. You see, Jesus says to them, listen, Vieira, listen. He says to them, you're half right. So that means in a moment they're going to have to go, well, what do you mean I'm half right? You mean some of our thinking is wrong? Yes. And if they're going to get to truth... They're going to have to unlearn which part of it's wrong. I'm still in the process of unlearning some things. See, we all have a little baggage from where we came and how that works and what it looks like. Well, Jesus is saying that very thing. He's saying, you're, you're half right, but you're going to have to unlearn something that you don't really have correct. Do you know today that error and misconceptions still happen? When you ask a person today, who is the Messiah? What is he like? We hear things like this. Well, Jesus is just a good moral man. Well, no, that's wrong. You, you hear people say this. He was an excellent teacher. Well, yeah, but he wasn't just an excellent teacher. You hear people say this, especially the Muslims. He was a prophet from God. Not as good as, not as, good as Muhammad, but he was a prophet. Well, no, that's totally wrong. He was a prophet, but way more than a prophet. And this is the one that we really hear. Jesus? Well, yeah, he's, he's one of the many ways to God. No, that's wrong. That's a misconception. So from Psalm 110, Jesus goes back and he reads in this verse. And he says, the Messiah is both David's Lord and David's son. Both. In other words, the Messiah is God and man. As God, he's David's Lord. As man, he's David's son. Notice, when's the last time, if you have a teenage son or daughter, when's the last time you as a parent said to your teenage son or daughter, Lord, I don't think so. Not unless they've tied you down, you're going to break your arm or something, you'd call him Lord. You would, no, it's the other way around. And so that's the very reason that Jesus uses. So the Old Testament itself predicted 100% correctly that the Messiah would be fully man and fully God. 
Now stop and think about that. Try to get your arms around that. When would that ever happen again? Never. It's never happened before. It won't ever happen again. It's impossible. See, it's supernatural. You can't have somebody that's fully man and fully God. So that was the error they had. Write this down this morning, if you will. Jesus says the Messiah will be both David's son and God's son. You see, Jesus was a physical descendant from David. And as you go through the Bible, you can trace the lineage of Jesus, and you'll find both sides of the family he descended from David. Joseph and Mary were both descendants years later from David. His physical descent had to be traced through Mary because he was divinely conceived in the womb. He was divinely conceived in the womb by the Holy Spirit without Joseph being involved. Therefore, Jesus was both divine and human, divinely conceived by the Holy Spirit in a human womb of Mary's. So, according to the flesh, Jesus was a descendant of David. He was man. According to the Spirit, he was the Son of God. The resurrection proved that. So, Jesus was telling these religious leaders, I want to introduce you to the Messiah. He'll be fully man and fully God. They're going to have to unlearn something and be teachable. Now, let me just give you a question today. What if, what if the religious leaders, what if the religious leaders were right? What if the Messiah was only going to be a man? What if the Messiah wasn't Jesus as Jesus claimed? What would we be doing here today? If the Messiah hasn't come yet, he's only going to be a man, what would we be doing in this church today? What would you be doing in Vieira? Well, we wouldn't be here. Why would we be here? Well, number one, the Bible would be what? Wrong. So if the Bible's wrong in one part, where are you going to determine where it's right or wrong in another part? Second, if the Messiah hasn't come, how about your sin and my sin this morning? I'm dead and my trespasses and sin. I have no hope. We might as well party hardy. Some of you are saying, I can't believe you said that. I've been waiting for you to say that forever. <laughs> you see, if you're turning by the internet now and you just heard me say that, careful, but you got to get the whole statement in here. You see, we'd be lost. We'd be headed to hell. We'd have no chance. But Jesus was correct. I got good news for you. Just write these two verses. We're not, I'm gonna ask, I won't ask you to turn there. Mark 1.11, first thing, God claimed that Jesus was his son. God claimed that Jesus was his son. And Mark 1.11 says, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Second, write down Matthew 10.32. Not only did God claim Jesus was his son, but Jesus claimed he was God's son. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. In other words, the whole Bible from beginning to end has always told us that God would be sending his Son, Jesus, to be fully God and fully man, to be the Savior of the world. 
Well, when Jesus says to these people, you're going to have to unlearn it, here's the truth. From your own Bible in the Old Testament, it's always been there. It's not something new I put in there. What's the response? Look at verse 46. No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. See, they'd been quizzing Jesus over and over again, these religious leaders. Now, if they had been teachable, Jesus proved his point perfectly from their Bible. He proved from Psalm 110 that he was the Messiah, just as David had predicted. But they refused to see the truth. They refused it. They were baffled by his wisdom, and they stopped trying to trick him with questions. What would they do now? No more would there be words of questions. Their words would now be words of violence. And in a few days, Jesus would go to the cross. Turn with me to John three, sixteen. John three, sixteen. You're in Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John 3.16. Vieira, John 3.16. You know the verse, but I want you to go there for a reason. I want you to see that God and Jesus show love. If I ask you today to a person you're dating or to your spouse to prove that you love them, how would you do it? Well, you'd know what your spouse likes. You do whatever You do all kinds of things. Well, John 3.16, notice. For God so loved the world that he had warm fuzzies for it. No, that isn't going to do it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, God showed love in action. By sending his son, his only son, to pay for our sin. Now, before you turn to the next passage, right outside of John 3.16, write this. 1 John 3.16. Vieira, 1 John 3.16. Right there in the side of your Bible, in the little area where you can write. 1 John 3.16. And you're going to see why in a moment. It's amazing both of these Johns speak together perfectly, but they're books and books apart. Now, let's turn to 1 John 3.16. And if you don't know where that is in the Bible, go all the way to the end of your Bible, Revelation, and come back just a few books. You'll find it. 1 John, John 1, 2, 3. We already showed you that God showed love. He proved it. He sent His Son. Well, this verse gives us Jesus proving it. A key responsibility and privilege of every Christ follower is to make God known. How do we make Him known? By loving Him and thus loving His people and the lost. Today, Pastor Mark challenged listeners to accept this responsibility. The Lord expects us to be spreading the message of the gospel to anyone and everyone because it is good news. Have you been fulfilling your duty as a believer to make God known and love the lost? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Why can't I just love God and that be good enough? It's too hard to love people. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will explain to listeners that loving God includes loving the lost. Everyone is either walking with God or walking away from Him. The fact that so many are heading for hell should break our hearts as believers. The Lord wants us to be close to Him, but He also commands us to share Him with others. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear